1: Welcome back fantasy fiends and peril practitioners to the show that follows teams of heroes as they complete quests while competing to rise through the ranks for fame and fortune. This is the League of Ultimate Questing, brought to you by the Nexus Enterprise leaders in adventure entertainment. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise, ready to deliver to you a steaming hot plate of high-tension combat and exploration. With me in the booth is the sous-chef to my adventure menu, Stormclad Thundertongue.
2: Thanks, Kip, but I always saw myself as more of a saucier. Sous-chef gets blamed for everything, but a saucier gets things wet and delicious.
1: And speaking of wet
2: and delicious, the Mortal
1: Dawn just finished pulling off a hat-trick victory and seizing an enchanted relic from deep within a waterlogged mechanical mountain maze, out from under the nose of Daxton's Death Machine. I'm still geeking out about how clutch that final
2: gamble was for the MDs. Good leadership, a tight offense, clever synergies, and big, bold plays. I like him big and bold, Kip. They snapped Daxion's keister so hard with the wet towel of victory he's gonna need a prescription butt pillow just to sit down. That is if he and the meat squad can dig their way out of that cave-in. Literal and figurative. Death Machine fans got him sitting in Nam Nam's shame corner for that shady business card business. And while the battle was successful, the war isn't over because the
1: Trial of Seeking doesn't come to a close until the team drops the item off at the nearest LUQ office. And based on their current location, the nearest League Tower is days away on foot. They'll have to think quick and move quicker to seal
2: the deal, because for now, the clock is still ticking. Not to mention they blew their wad with that magic shadow duck they used to blink all over the place. Wasn't it a duck, Kip? Well, you got me there, pal. Is it symbolic? Is it the artist's way of saying ducks are an escape? Maybe he's scared of waterfowl.
1: Actually, I think it's a swan.
2: Oh. oh okay. Okay. Hey, Kip? Yes, Storm? Was it a swan?
1: Well, swan or not, the Mortal Dawn has the finish line in sight, but has to push through that last wall to make it to their goal. Let's get down to the field and see what their next move is going to be.
3: So the mortal dawn has magically appeared in the center of the village of Tarilli, using the shadow wayfarer, an enchanted swan figurine that can teleport you through the night sky, leaving behind a crumbling temple and the failing team of Daxton's death machine. In Crist's hand, there is a pulsing mechanical energy source known as the heart of Appernacency, that you have daringly clutched from the throes of danger at the base of this ancient temple. You are now in the night, the quiet of a small farming village but it's familiar to all of you. What do you do? Do we want to talk to the goblins?
4: I feel pretty jazzed up, you guys. I feel pretty good. We should definitely go talk to those goblins. I... Um, I can carry anything you guys need me carry. I'm ready. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, are you okay? I feel so good.
3: Arvid is still pulsating with huge magical effects from this potion of mystery that they consumed. You see Arvid's skin looks like it's made of stone, and there's like three of him as he shifts to the left and right quickly. It is not uncommon to feel an narcotic effect when consuming potions of this power.
5: Artyom!
4: Uh, Da? You should hit me as
6: hard as you can.
5: I'm not going to do that. Oh. (laughs) Let's go see those goblins as quickly as we can. I don't think we need to go back
6: to see them unless we want to let, uh, Dago Dia back to his elevated status.
5: This is a good point. I mean, I'm just so used to going, to having to see the aftermath of our actions. (laughs) Oh, trust me. I bet there'll be replays. Good point. Let's get out of here. This place sucks.
3: Off the distance, hear a voice say, "This place
1: sucks." You can go kiss a bag of hot sausage. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: wait, how are we getting back? I pick up a foot and just wiggle it in the air. Yes, <laughs> maybe we should rest first.
7: Oh, thanks.
3: have a moment.
5: Usually, we'll start heading towards the end. Sure. If
3: there is one. There is. I'm actually pulling up my notes from the village of Tirilli, which I actually put in my new folder. Yes.
7: How do you feel about what just happened? Do you you feel like we killed a false god or destroyed a piece of your culture?
6: I don't think that creature was part of my culture. It resembled one of the Drakar, but it was a machine. Nothing more. This was not a sacred object of my people. It was a Mechanical manifestation of perfect form.
3: Hmm. And uh, not far from the village square, there is a building that is three stories tall called the Taproot Tavern. Um, and it has, its sign is shaped kind of like a turnip with the text written on it. And it's not busy. This town is not bustling. There's maybe five farm workers inside having a drink. It seems like the bar is run by a pair of very young girls. One of them is 14 and the other one is nine. Um, and it's strange that these two young girls are running a tavern, but no one seems to pay it any mind or think it's strange. They seem to manage the bar very well. Have we met the 14-year-old before? Was she one of them? She was not one of the drug addicts, but she is another youth of the village.
1: Uh, welcome. Um, would you like a room for the night? You look like you've been traveling.
3: The, the room and food.
1: Which one first?
5: Food. 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 I
1: assume you have a coin?
5: I pull out, like, A gold. (laughs) Well, like five gold. Uh,
3: Very good. Uh, You'll have our best table. She like awkwardly claps her hands and this little nine year old girl just kind of walks out with a pouty look on her face, Mm -hmm. moves a couple of mugs and uh, replaces them with fresh um, glasses of whatever you order. And after a few minutes, they'll start bringing out like fresh bread from the kitchen and then some potato stew and things like that. Nothing too fancy. Stuff that smart kids would cook. Like gorge my face with one arm. (laughs) Yes.
4: (laughs) Um... Artyom, how come you're not taking care of that arm? Aren't you a healer?
5: I look at my arm. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know.
4: That's what my little brother said when he felt something, but didn't feel like he could talk about it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose I deserve it.
8: Huh?
4: What? Why? It's what I am. Broken? <laughs>
5: nothing so uh, nothing so prosaic. No, I think uh, <sighs> there is a reason I worship a god that hurts me.
4: Why would you deserve pain?
5: You have no idea what I have done.
4: I suppose not.
5: In underdog, doctor is the same word for poisoner. Every life that I took, I am responsible for. So if I hurt for a little bit, this is okay. Besides, using Bren's magic to heal myself
7: seems counterintuitive to his purposes. Hmm. Chris overhears all this after gorging himself also, because it's been a long day. He gestures over to bring another drink for our dear friend, Master Artium. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, cheers. Cheers to our health. I clink. And uh, with those words, I am using my only fourth
3: level slot
7: to healing words and just uh-huh. a little
3: bit more. Cool. Um, we'll say for the purposes of this you were fully healed or at least quite a lot. Tingly.
7: Hmm.
6: <laughs> As Chris is gorging himself I'm going to point at some meat on his plate and
7: I'm going to be like so you're going to eat that vegetarian? Uh, I mean I'll split it with you. I won't eat crubs. <laughs> <laughs> no.
5: No you're just picky eater. Oh, yes. I think you could send to go hungry for a few days and see how it feels. <clears throat> oh
3: and as everyone's you know divvying up the food however they can arvid you feel awful all of a sudden like the effects of the potion begin to wear down and it feels as though you have been like when you were a kid you got bit by a snake and you were sick for like a week this is way worse than that
4: um okay so they're they're all chatting kind of like you know uh comfortably amongst themselves the, the party right and then while talking to haruthax mid-sentence arvid eyes almost cross and he just throws up on the table oh
7: <laughs>
5: I go over immediately, uh, take their eyes, and I cast light on my, like, glove, and Mm -hmm. I shine that in front of them, try to track their pupillary dilation and and response times.
4: He's, like, shivering.
3: (laughs) Uh, Roll me a medicine check.
7: And Chris Uh, looks over to Harthax. Are you going to eat that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) 22. Uh, You can tell that there are several signs that indicate a kind of poison affecting Arvid's system. Very fast on set, like almost magically fast.
5: This is why you don't drink random potions mm-hmm. in the middle of a dungeon, though I cannot say I did not benefit from your decision.
8: Uh,
4: yeah, I'm not feeling so good. Maybe I should take one of those healing potions.
3: Morty, come here. And I was going to... <laughs> big, big pause, get up on the table, and there's a... <laughs> as the vomit begins uh, to vanish quickly. Get back down. <laughs> I, I I just grab a, I
5: grab Arvid by like the lapels, and I drag them on top of Morty. I mm-hmm. was <laughs> like, let's go to the room. The?
6: Uh, room three thank you are we just carrying around the heart of abernascency
7: right now like this just just <laughs> oh yeah i i haven't dropped it mm-hmm. it has not left my hand
3: uh while chris holds it the energy that it emits seems to not like shoot out like the strange gravitational force but it's still just like pulsing and humming
5: as soon as we're up there i'm going to start pulling out some like general uh herbalism stuff and start count, trying to counteract the poison um and when i realize i can't i can use le- i can use restoration for this right
3: uh, you can tell with your medicine check that the effects are fleeting, but they're so magically onset that even a magic poison removal spell would uh, not be strong enough.
5: At the best, I can get something that will make you feel better, but it won't get rid of the poison. It's going to have to run its course.
4: Do you mean I'm going to die?
5: No, you idiot! <laughs> <laughs> no, Groot, you're, you're just you're just sick. This is what happens when you drink potions. I think I'm going to cry. You're going to be okay. Here, come come on. I put like a cold towel on their forehead and I like tuck them into bed and I kind of like, I make sure to like, uh, cast some, um, just some like thaumaturgy to like cool some things and Mm -hmm. put them on their necks so that they have a, you know, a nice cooling feeling on their bloodstream mm-hmm. um and it just i just start for force feeding them po- like mixed potions and herbal
3: stuff totally yeah with a very keen medical hand and some nice comforting things and a few unguents to cause the nausea and warm you up a little bit the effects are still racking you but they're being helped a lot you're not going to puke again you're not going to pass out but it ain't fun yeah. as
5: soon as they start to drift he's gonna sing uh like a slavic uh little song from This village. It's not a song. It's a chant. It's like a field call. Yeah, it doesn't really have a a melody. It's just repeated repeated words.
1: Mm. Touching.
5: But then, as he keeps saying these these things, he tries to add melodies from things he's heard
3: before. Cute. Hmm. Down in the main uh, hall of the Taproot Tavern, you hear a clicking sound coming from in the air, and Reginald manifests, hovering over the table, and says, "Transmission from Patron Maven." Go on, yes. And uh, the speaker just starts talking. says, are you all okay? Something told me that your quest had just, was about to be done, but it's not finished yet. I wanted to make sure you're all right.
7: Chris just holds it up.
3: Anyone there? Uh,
7: I mean, we're all here, we're all starving. Stop throwing up my tinctures! (laughs) Stop throwing up! Ovid may be addicted to potions now. (laughs) Don't ask.
3: I just can't see you all, I can hear. Okay
7: yes oh sorry we we have the heart i have a heart we're all okay we may have left um the death machine mm, frozen in place
3: oh mm. um where are you can you get to an luq headquarters to turn it uh, in
7: uh maybe i'm not sure where the nearest one is well where are you oh, what is th- uh little girl uh what is mm. the tavern called again the taproot
3: tavern we're, we're at the taproot tavern
6: in really. Uh, yes,
3: Really, all right. I don't think there's any knowledgeable wizards in that area for teleportation. I can send for Woodrow to pick you up, but he might be a day getting there. Time is of the essence, though. The sooner you turn that in, the uh, sooner you succeed.
6: The death machine could technically try and get us here in town, too. Although I doubt they'll be quite so hasty to tangle with us. Hmm. Oh, we just left Maisie up there. She's just waiting for us to come back.
7: Oh, uh, well, Maven, can you have a sending spell to approximately this, uh... Pink-haired goblin. (laughs) They're in the mountains. We may have left them.
3: Do they have a name?
7: Yes. uh, I believe her name was Maisie?
3: Maisie, a pink-haired goblin. I mean, that's enough to send a sending spell. I'll take Mm. it out of your account.
7: Oh, oh, and please get her uh, a nice little artifice gift.
3: That's outside of the bounds of a sending spell. I'm Sure, but uh, for later. I'll wait till you give me an address. Okay. (laughs) What message would you like me to deliver?
7: Um... Arthax, oh, what what should we say? I'm not even sure So much happened
6: Well, it's pretty dangerous And we didn't take care of the mechanical bull So maybe she should just pass on going inside yet
3: Good point
6: But I bet we know some people we could set her up with
3: hmm. I will send the message It should be done within an hour Would you like me to send for Woodrow to pick you up? Can you lay low for the night? Without passengers, he can travel quite quickly
7: It Seems like a uh, best shot, yes I think so
3: then sometime around midday tomorrow, he should be at the dock south of the village. Thank you. Maybe keep things un, uh, under wraps for the time being. Don't draw any attention to yourselves. I know that's difficult in such a small town.
7: Uh, I will do what I can.
4: Somebody puts like a napkin over the... <laughs>
7: <laughs> just, like I just a paper napkin. <laughs> I just napkin eat it. It just hovers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. I will speak to you when you return. All
7: right. Thank you.
3: And
5: transmission ended. I come down. I've got, like, sick on my coat. Mm.
3: Oh. Yum.
5: What's going on?
7: Woodrow will be here uh, in about a day South End to pick us up. I haven't seen Woodrow in some time. This will be nice. Something's
6: hmm. interfering with Maven's video feed. He can't see us, but he can hear us.
5: I hmm. think it's this thing that i'm holding i wouldn't be surprised maybe we hide this so the random villagers don't think to try and kill us not that we're in any danger i just don't want to have to murder a village because you want to show off your bling
3: look i was
7: hungry i really needed to eat now i've cleared head. Uh, that works
3: for me how would you like to go about hiding this apparatus Ooh.
7: any ideas i'm not sure
3: how about how big is it it's about the size of say a uh, small like volleyball
7: Oh, smell of volleyball.
3: Mm. Cantaloupe, cantaloupe-ish. It's not heavy. It's middle metal rings, and most of it's just energy. Uh, the rings diameter though is roughly that of. Yeah,
7: oh, I know what I'm gonna do. You know what those little like um, fur things fancy women wear that like they poke their hands into. Mm-hmm. A We're muff? just gonna get oh, like, yeah. a muff. Yes, yes. I'm just gonna like find a nice piece of cloth, or maybe use the adorn cloak. And okay. Like oh yeah. You basically, totally use the walk like I have a, a muff.
3: Yeah. Sure. You shove this glowing artifact into your fuzzy muff.
8: Yeah.
3: Oh my. <laughs> oh no. Hey, it's a Sunday. <laughs> is it? <laughs> very good. Um, if you guys want to rest for the evening, you're welcome to. This is a very safe and quiet place. The patrons are not going to bother you. In fact, they'll do quite the opposite and steer clear of your table at all costs. Sounds good.
6: Harathax will stay up and just keep watch in case daxton's team comes down to the town at the base of the mountains to try and recuperate sure i don't want them to mess with us
3: very good
5: i'll let rtm know that i'm gonna do that too good plan i'm going to watch the back of my eyelids
3: (laughs) all right you are far from the mountains and you hear no commotion and it doesn't sound like any new visitors come into town that evening you get a lot of strange stares as you're like in the tavern and out in the village square just like watching and being cautious and everyone's like there's a shadowy scaly monster walking around town oh he's harmless it's fine i'm going to try and find philip okay well you know where he works or used to anyway mm-hmm. well didn't doesn't he have a business now mm-hmm. okay
5: i'm going to look for philip philip on biscuits is that what it philip's biscuits i to <laughs> look for philip's biscuits
3: yeah you did hear a commercial for it on an episode of the luq perfect there near the town square, there is a small food cart pod with three different small businesses at it, and they are open late at night. It seems like they have candles lit, and the late-night crowd coming home from work and taverns are stopping to fill their belly with tasty little nosh, and the one in the center is called Phillips Biscuits. It's mm-hmm. just a simple wooden structure with a red canopy, and there behind it is a very red-haired, freckled 13-year-old boy wearing a nice little business suit that looks like it was used to belong to someone maybe half a foot taller than him. I walk up. Oh, jeez, the jeepers is some spooky <laughs> doctor man.
5: I would like some biscuits.
1: You you came all the way back to Torelli's to get my biscuits? You're not here to haunt my dreams?
5: <laughs> this is correct. I came the entire way, all the way from Lucenelli to Torelli, because I wanted your biscuits.
1: Gosh, that's, that's quite an endorsement. <laughs> you want butter or jam on your biscuit? Yes. <laughs> that's an option two. Uh that's gonna be uh, ten, ten copper pieces please for this biscuit with jam I hand him a silver you wanna start the biscuit tab?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: no this is to pay off my tab I was very harsh with you I'll say harsh that's a,
1: that's a soft word for the kind of torment you put poor old Philip through I'll tell you what
5: duh I've grown a lot in my adventuring, and I just want you to know. I hope that you're doing well. Yeah, I've grown a lot too. I got myself a little brick and mortar here, you see. There is a surprising amount of children running businesses in this town. Is this. Oh, were you talking about the Capri Tavern? The.
1: Oh, yeah, those, those girls, their their daddy died. It used to be his tavern, and they just kind of took the reins of that crazy wagon, and they'd done a good job. They grew up under the bar stool, so it's kind of second nature for them. And I think they might got family coming on the way, but that's been over a year now.
5: Duh. Well, do you need anything from me? Never in my whole life will I do that. <laughs> you no, know, sir? Well, I wish you well, Philip. Maybe next time here, I am here, I will fill up on some more biscuits. Well, you gave me a whole silver. You won't bring some
1: biscuits back for your weird friends? Duh. All right, I'll get you a Philip's biscuit box.
3: <laughs> and there's a little pack of eight biscuits with a little cup of jam in it. Much appreciate. You betcha. That's my grandma's recipe for biscuits. She don't know I took it.
5: (laughs) She may now if she watches League of Ultimate Questing. Nah, she she don't see or hear so good. (laughs) Which is probably why you were able to steal the biscuit recipe.
1: Yeah, I ain't seen her in a while. She might be dead.
6: is the market or the food cart stall like close enough to the tavern that from keeping watch i would have been able to observe this conversation at all
3: i mean you see that already went over to get biscuits but you don't hear the shit
6: now. okay so out of character then i'll have to ask do you think philip realizes that one silver is 10 copper <laughs> <laughs> he's bad at math that poor child that business is doomed yep. <laughs> and uh,
3: he, he also wanted to kind of i guess the term would be butter up rtm to get yeah. to go away <laughs> yeah
5: on that note, I will actually turn and just kind
3: of give him a wave behind the back. Mm-hmm. And just from the distance, you see Harithax across the square just kind of watching the village.
5: All right, don't come back now, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just walk up to Harithax. I don't suppose you want fresh biscuits. I look at Philip from where I am. He averts his eyes. <laughs> it's
6: nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. I stop moving and turn invisible while he's looking at me. Oh, you gog <laughs> And then to you, I'll just say, No, I'm fine. Your hand. Yeah. good. It's very good. I'll I'll take one. I, so I move and I become visible again. <laughs> and I just stick it in my hand and then stop moving and become invisible again.
3: <laughs> just it like, it not even handing it to it, literally like putting it into its mouth. Yeah. And it crumbles up. <laughs> All right. If anyone has any other truly business they want to deal with, otherwise, the next morning. Uh, The sun will rise, the roosters will crow, and several hours later, Woodrow will pull up to the small dock south of the village. And you guys can sail your way back quickly. The morning comes and Arvid feels a lot better. You did puke up a little bit more. Morty cleaned up everything, spick and span, though. (laughs) He uh, seems a lot more protective, and every time you give a command, he just kind of uh, heeds it more accurately. Something about him is wiser, and he's grown. He's a bigger boy.
4: He had his coming of age
3: story there his
5: dog mitzvah mitzvah.
3: (laughs) i'm gonna check to see if he still has testicles Uh, oh baby (laughs) (laughs) worth a check (laughs) you don't even have to get close you're like yep (laughs) (laughs) from across the town yeah he's still got balls you do notice that the war paint does not seem to be fading is it iron paint it's something like that but it's like it's the fur is just a different color like some very long-term dye maybe even forever hmm. oh. he's
4: so good
3: he's a good boy bestest boy whoa hello there mortal dog long time no see oh god i think i'm hung over oh. what's the matter christ you need me to sing you a little song to cheer you up
7: uh maybe in a minute i'd like a song oh no
3: let us
5: leave the music for the travel I imagine this will take a while we'll hop in seats are all warmed up in the sun and ready to go I hope they're warmed by the sun
3: (laughs) and Morty gets in the boat very carefully and sits down and sits very still like a good boy
4: you're such a good boy
3: (laughs) he still has puke on his face
4: (laughs) Uh, did, did you
7: ask what they did in that tent
4: uh, to, what, you mean talk to Morty and ask him? Yeah. Well, um, no.
7: Are you not the least bit curious?
4: I am curious. Alright. Uh, on our journey, I can use... Yeah, you have
3: plenty of time to do a quick ritual and have a conversation with Morty. He's, like, looking out stoically over the sea as you cast this ritual.
4: Alright, Morty. You hear me? Yeah. So, seems like a lot happened.
3: Oh, a great deal indeed.
4: Whoa! (laughs) Well, Morty, was there some kind of ritual? Was there... What happened?
3: Oh, the strange goblins, they came around and they they put these brushes against my skin. It felt very strange, but also welcoming. Everything there smelt like home, you know? But like different home. Home from the past.
4: Yeah, you were saying something about that before we went in.
3: I think maybe that's where I grew up, when I was a puppy.
4: I was assuming... I was very sad to see there weren't any others. I thought perhaps, you know, Mom might be there or something.
3: I don't remember much from when I was weaning, but... I don't think they're around anymore.
4: Hmm. Well, I'm sorry.
3: Me too. This paint's weird.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It almost like glowed earlier.
3: When we get home, would you take this armor off? It's itchy.
4: Oh, yeah. And I could give you some kind of bath if you... I don't know if you...
3: I feel like I've grown, but I do not want to have a bath. <laughs> <laughs> so nice, but if I get to follow you all on a quest, please put the armor back on. It's really nice.
4: Yes, I. I you wear it well. You look proud and powerful
3: i think it used to be perhaps an ancestor of mine
4: oh that's beautiful hey guys you got to hear this i will explain it to them and ask if anybody has anything they would like to communicate
7: with morty oh that's beautiful oh uh, just just tell him tell him we love him
5: if you ever detect another of your species let us know i think you uh, deserve to breed da what's breed It is when you have sex with another being Ooh what sex? <laughs> <laughs> and then Artyom just stone faced relays the process of biological reproduction.
3: <laughs> yes, and that that is the montage as the ship continues sailing. Like, it's <laughs> like Artyom like explaining it, like maybe like pulling out figurines or something. Talking to Morty, like sitting obediently listening.
7: Chris occasionally chimes in and sometimes you do this for
5: fun. <clears throat> um also he's using complex medical terminology that sounds like
3: magic to you.
4: Yeah, and Arvid will faithfully relay it uh, in, in storytale fashion. And then the. <laughs> I
3: also like to imagine you're mispronouncing some of the very intense medical yes! terms, like- game of telephone. And Morty just nods, yeah, cool. And uh, by the end of the day, you return to the port city of Lucinilli, and the docks are very close to the lounge of Ultimate Questing, where you make your home.
2: Yep, I've wanted to work a tavern since my tusks were still sprouting. Oh, no kidding. It's good honest work. Slinging brews, mopping up sick for coppers on the hour. It's good for character. teaches you to make friends, who to watch out for when you're out in the town, and all kinds of sneaky facts about the secret meetings people hold in bars. Now I've bounced a place a time or two, but when they're not paying you for it, you really can't put that on a resume. Not that mine needs any padding.
1: Storm, it seems like you've done everything. Are there any jobs that you haven't done?
2: Well, oh, sure, plenty. Never worked lumber. Well, uh, saved that one summer at my uncle's. Well, I never worked a loom. Too many strings attached. (laughs) And I'd never been an art critic. Not paid, anyway. I do that for free.
1: Amazing. Your resume must be taller than you are.
2: There is something to be said for having a lot of skills. But there is the curse of being a master of none. I just get bored too quickly. I figure something out. I want to start fresh. But one thing I can tell you, Kip. As all the jobs I've ever worked, none of them paid as well as this one. <laughs> Am I right?
1: <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, paid. <laughs> you said it. And speaking of getting paid, let's listen to these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back.
9: After a long day in the fields, <sighs> nothing beats the feeling of a hot shower. Ah, <sighs> but why stop there? Huh? Reach for the green bottle, woven in ivy with runes of blackest night. Ooh. Transport yourself to a beautiful elven glade. Ah. The freshness of the trees, the fragrance of the flowers. Oh. Go deeper into the heart of the woods, the cool darkness, the welcoming clarity of an ancient pool. Ooh. You look back, and the path is closed. The moon has turned into a silver coin. The darkness has a name. Uh? You'll be trapped here for all time. Your greed has misled you. There is no escape from this fae realm. Now you bathe, with eternity.
8: Hello? Hello?
9: Herbal Elvents, Shampoo of the fae. nothing is cleaner
0: grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm all lowercase go to shopify.com slash r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm i want to take a second to tell you about a podcast i think you'll really like mayday
5: there Cuties. I recently got a wild hair up my ass and decided to completely re-edit the first episode of the LUQ. It was a horrible slog because it was all five tracks mixed down into one for some reason, but uh, using the new music and skills that I've learned over the past year and change, I feel like it's a way better introduction to the series. I also went ahead and did a remix pass-through of episodes 2 through 10, so they are no longer super quiet with sudden loud spikes. They are also all normalized and compressed, so everything's sounding much better on those, and it's going to be easier to get people into the show. We've got some big D20 questions coming up, and we will be releasing them, I hope, every other week. I can't 100% guarantee it, but we'll give it a shot. Uh, If you haven't given them a listen, I strongly recommend it, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, check out our D21 sides, which are unedited and decidedly more tipsy. On the note of Patreon, I'd like to thank our Patreon subscribers for all of their love and support. In particular, I'd like to thank our legendary team. That's Jeff Ammons, Dave Mladenov, Isaac Davies, Jack Phillips, Christian Wiseman, Zan Cam, Jen Finch, Erie Luterose, and Maisie, all of whom give $25 or more a month. I'd also like to thank our newest subscribers galen thank you so much in particular i actually want to thank jen finch who upped their contribution by a few dollars and change so that our monthly income lands squarely on a multiple of 100 you are the best and my personal savior <laughs> uh don't forget to join our discord server and if you're a patreon subscriber you have access to the heroes lounge where we put deleted scenes bloopers and goofs that didn't make the cut and if you'd like to advertise with us or get a personal message on the show please send an email to admin at slapdash but without further ado let's get you back to the action Good evening, I'm Winston Fay Bannerforth III, welcome to Mackinac News 5, your top source for up-to-date coverage of the Five Kingdoms. The Rossellus of Ragamia decreed an increase in liquor taxes due to a recent spike in public intoxication and associated crimes. The burden of the tax hike intended to help renovate centuries-old structures in the city will fall squarely on the shoulders of the agricultural industry. Famed for their meticulously tended vineyards and generally peaceful nature, the Ragamian people will either divert time from the fields to assist in reconstruction, or quickly learn that there is no use in whining. Wildlife specialists and News 5 rangers confirm an influx in knoll migration to the Rakhtar Mountains in southern Alkara. Tribes have been spotted travelling east from Dornheim along the Ivory and southern Eldermain coasts to seek refuge in the rocky peaks. While their purposes are unknown and they have as yet taken no violent action towards the Ivos of the Leonan territories or the local Arkarans, there is still debate whether to militarize against them. Until retaliation is justified, however, the unflinching zeal of the Knights of the Ivory Crown is in all and void. In our top story tonight... The trial of Lucinilli real estate mogul and alleged crime lord Scaldon Kingsley, better known as King Squeak, has come to a close, setting new legal precedent regarding the trade of chattel slaves from Leone to Alcara. Despite groundbreaking legal headway, however, Kingsley was able to prove noble Alcaran heritage and, with special dispensation from Queen Mianala of Alcara, was granted full citizenship, protecting him from Leonan prosecution in accordance with Article 15 of the Sibling's Peace. According to a poll of Lucinilians, the hitherto unknown relation is assumed to be bought and paid for, suggesting that the half pint Patriarch's funds, at least, are not running short. This has been Winston Faye the III with Mackinac News 5, Five Kingdoms, One Story.
3: As you walk up through the rot ward towards the lounge, uh, it looks like there's a wagon out front, but it's not parked there. It looks like there was a a collision with another smaller wagon that is being the wheel reattached to. And the other one is a very large, opulent, like, four-horse wagon with big, glistening, kind of like gilded wheels and a full cover with drawn back curtains. And it looks like some cargo fell off the back, but it's being reloaded. And uh, there's just a little bit of a commotion as some rubberneckers are standing out and watching as, like, a crash happened nearby. There is a League Headquarters in Lucanilli, isn't there? Oh, yes. Okay.
5: I suppose we'll head to League Headquarters.
3: Yeah. You guys head to the Silver Precinct, and there near the ruins where you guys get teleported all the time is one of the circular towers with the Nexus Enterprise logo carved into the ceiling, and a tri-drone monitor behind a desk with some humans walking around wearing their traditional golden-purple uniforms.
7: Well, we're here. We are the Mortal Dawn. We are victorious. And here is a power source.
3: Welcome back, Mortal Dawn. Please present the artifact for our collection.
7: Oh, Chris is having a really difficult time with this. He feels like he's like bonded with this power source. He's like, puts it down, pulls it back, puts it down, pulls it back mm-hmm. until our Tim comes over and just like, yeah, he literally... slaps it out of his hands.
5: <laughs> I just put my hand on his wrist.
4: It's not gonna be like Give it to the Quadron!
8: Oh.
3: No. <laughs> no.
2: Put into the fire!
3: <laughs> uh, Roll me a wisdom saving throw. Oh. Uh oh. Oh,
7: that is definitely enough. That is an 18 on the die, so I think that's that's at least 18.
3: <laughs> Part of you definitely does not want to release this amazing power source, but when a hand is placed upon you, you snap to your senses and hand it over. And the Tri Drone shifts faces and says, Our reports indicate that this artifact will be given to Almira Wainwright for historical documentation, as requested by the Wainwright family.
7: May you add one more addendum to that, pretty please? Um, do you think we can get Maisie a scholarship?
5: She's likely going to be going to the cave. Likely she can have (sighs) Maisie
3: as her apprentice.
7: Yes, exactly what I was thinking.
3: Yes. Please deal with these ending communications on your own funds. Oh, Okay. This belongs in a museum. He takes it and uh, another smaller monodrone comes out and takes it away and brings it into the back. And the room seems to, just the energy changes dramatically when it goes behind a closed door. When it leaves the room, you can tell after being in its proximity over the evening that you wouldn't have noticed before. But now that it's gone, it's like your ears like finally stopped ringing or they popped after lowering an elevation. Or when you turn off the CRT TV out of nowhere and then it's just Just silence. right. (laughs) right very much so. Or you're trying to record a podcast and there's a weird background <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the day is yours. You have successfully turned it in and the follow through will come as the time is right. Bring it in, Tim. I put my hand
2: out.
4: Arvid's hand.
3: Chris's hand. Heritax's stump. Morty <laughs> licks all of them.
5: Uh, on three? Uh, cool. <laughs> One, two, three. Cool! cool. <laughs>
3: That is awful. It's the <laughs> dorkiest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. How many people just saw that? <laughs> just the workers and they're like... Oh, dear. And you you're whisper like, I guess they changed the definition of cool. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so agreed, we never do this again? Agreed, no. agreed, agreed. We kicked their ass. We did. We destroyed them. Uh, yes. We were dragon... And Dexton Death Machine. And get the prize. Oh and
7: God. poison Arvid. It's all wins. <laughs> oh, no. Arvid, oh, that's what it was?
4: Uh, I... I mean, I think the potion was good. I think I probably was something I ate disagreed with me. The potion was earlier. not good. Oh. We don't know for sure that it was the
5: potion. <laughs> I don't know it for sure. <laughs> it was potion. So, uh, what? What did
7: we wager again? It's been so long. We get to Oops. take one of their magical items and we get 2,000 gold. We do? We Duh. Do. We accepted the magical items proposal.
4: We should see if we can buy one of those potions.
7: Oh, but if they're all dead, <laughs> do we just get all of it? I like how we've all
4: moved
8: on it. It's like.
7: <laughs> what was that? But if they're all dead, do we just get all of it? They're not dead. Oh. I mean, maybe some of them might be. I don't know. That thing was still kicking.
4: I bet Regis knows something about how to get one of those.
7: (laughs) Hey, Uh, Avid. Avid? Uh, Yes? How you doing? Are you okay? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. You seem really potion happy all of a sudden. I feel kind of itchy.
5: Artex, there is a particular kind of, uh, what is it? Uh, It's like a weed that grows in the swamps. Uh, you know the one I'm talking about that gives a slight mental high, kind of feels okay, but not so bad? Salvia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noah. <laughs> Maybe a little less. If you can get a hold of some of this, I think it might help it with the calm down. I could probably manage.
3: Very good. And the day in the town is yours. You're back home. Oh, I don't even know what to do. Oh, uh. So do you all return back to your base or do you explore the city? I'm just hoping to rest.
6: Well. Sure. We could have these items identified. We have no idea what they do.
3: This is a good idea. You are at the Silver Precinct, which is where you would go
6: to do such a thing. And uh, we're at the League Headquarters still, right? Mm-hmm. This is where we send
3: sending spells? This is, yeah. The, most of the magical stuff in Lucinilli happens near the Silver Precinct. That's okay. That's where the actual Arcane Library is. They're, they're a very, like, the, the part of the military here is the, the Magic Academy.
5: So what messages do we need to send? I know that we need to reach out to Almira and let her know to look for Maisie when she does her uh, investigation of the caves. Mm-hmm. What else? I was
6: considering sending one to, and I pause, glance at Reginald, and I look back at Artyom and go,
5: a mutual acquaintance. He looks at you kind of confused
6: for a second. Reginald looks away.
7: Some, you know, our scary friends.
9: Oh,
6: oh, da. But they might be very interested in what we found. Yeah, this could be good. But not while Elmira is there. That might cause some conflict. I don't think
5: it's a good idea to use sending from uh, League of Ultimate Questing. They probably monitor all transmissions. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that.
3: So, for the price of 50 gold for the sending and 100 gold for each identify, uh, you can get your items identified and send the message to Almira.
5: Let's be sure to include some information about the Goblin so that she does not walk into a uh, horde of angry green morons.
3: Mm. Good, understood. So that message gets sent successfully... And in response, you basically get a, oh, that sounds great. I will go at my earliest convenience. And then you go to get the items identified. It takes a little while, but when the young apprentice wizards come back, they have a written down document of basically what each one does and says, well, they're, they're definitely magical, but uh, these are some of the strangest items we've identified in a while. They're not like your enchanted dagger or your glowing wand. They're just weird, but Congratulations. So we've got the Praxiomatic Vibrochromaticer.
8: Sounds
3: hot. Uh, its classification is a weapon enhancer. It is not a rare or a uncommon. Uh, it just becomes part of a weapon. And how that works is this small mechanical engine that latches onto the surface of any martial weapon over the course of 10 minutes. Once this is done, it can only be removed by breaking it off, making it unusable until it is fully repaired. This requires a 25 points of bludgeoning damage from a magical weapon. Upgrade! The weapon gains a magical bonus of plus one to hit and damage, or if already has a bonus, it is increased. Once per long rest, the Praxiomatic vibrochromaticer can shift the flow of time affecting the weapon, making it function as though it hit twice upon a successful attack. Ooh. The wielder can add an additional weapon damage die to the attack, and there is no extra on a critical hit. Ooh. Wow. The other one is the Galvanic Dampening Manipulator, which is a wondrous item of the rare category. This glowing mechanical gauntlet fits over a medium-sized user's hand, It is a little bulky and heavy, which imposes disadvantage to sleight of hand and crafting checks while equipped, or things that require finesse, manual dexterity. Uh, Galvanic Cling. The wearer gains the benefits of the spell Spider Climb for one hour a day when used on a metal surface. This has no effect on stone. The wearer gains resistance to lightning damage once per long rest as a reaction, and the wearer can fire a 50-foot line of lightning five feet wide once per long rest, which deals 4d6 damage to all creatures in the path, or half if they succeed on a dex save of DC 15.
5: Arvid, I think you should take the glove.
4: I think you're right. Man, this thing is exciting.
5: If only so that you can hit something from afar. When I cast the wall of fire, I realized that you would have to run through it in order to do your uh, thing.
4: Yeah, um, even with the use of a weapon, I definitely... uh, Not a lot of powerful magic and not a lot of uh, range. So this would really fill me out.
6: I agree. I think it's best for you.
7: And uh, you should probably take the chromatica... Master Artium. The wait what? Yes. Uh, we have we have goat form and powder uh, maybe we should enhance your weapon. What are they Oh the brick, the prick? Yep. Yes! I put, can put it on my prick. Put that little yes, vibrator put it on, your on your
5: pink prick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I put this vibrator on my brick, this will be perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It'll fire off double as much shot. Oh yes.
6: Yep. Yes. Yep. It'll yep. it'll get it done
5: in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I take it, and I like kind of attach it to the to the mechanisms of the. As as you
3: hold it close to the pink prick, you can see the tiny little wires and gears and like teeth actually like adfix to the metal and start burrowing in, forming like a seamless connection. And it's really not heavy. I hope this doesn't come back to bite us in the ass. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm sure. Mm. And Arvid's going to take the glove. I will put that down under your last rare slot that you have the galvanic glove.
5: Cross bridge? You don't. You burn bridge when you come to it, da? No. No. Yeah, that I, is I the burn... worst
7: possible thing you I, can do to a bridge. I will burn this bridge when I come to it. No, this is, this is idiot. you will cross. it. You will walk over it. Burning a bridge is a very bad thing. Wait, where am I getting? Where am I getting burned bridges?
6: It's a different expression. Entirely. What is this one? Uh, burning bridges means closing connections. and uh, Which
5: is what you do, because a bridge is avenue through which enemy comes to attack. You burn a bridge when you get to it. If you're in a siege.
4: Actually, that is how Artyom has seemed to uh, work his social life <laughs> <laughs> up until now.
5: Whatever.
6: Ugh. Overworld idioms. Also, Chris, I know you're from the desert. Trust me, burning a bridge is not the worst thing you can do to one
7: do i even want to know
6: i'm from a swamp you could put the troll underneath it that's a lot worse
7: uh, but
5: we'll, we'll throw this bridge when we come to it. Yeah.
6: <laughs> but burning a trolled bridge good idea
3: mm. learning a lot about bridges right now <laughs> 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 please keep going so you all return to the lounge of ultimate questing um business is as usual you have a fairly good crowd in here uh isaac and christian are putting on some music uh the ambiance is nice it looks like the whole wagon fiasco is well cleared up And there inside, you see Maven at the table who looks up excitedly when you get there and folds up his papers and puts them away. It says, team, welcome back. Uh, That was very quick. Congratulations to you all. And good job, Woodrow, for the speed that he used. This is very exciting. Uh, Not only did you defeat a very well-viewed team, you've gained a lot of money. And uh, what else did we gain? You will have a list of their active magic items sent to you soon, and you'll be able to pick one of your choice. Okay.
6: Okay. What was Daxton's patron's name? I can't be bothered to remember what his name was. It's hard to remember anything when Daxton is in room. Mm. That's true. Well, whatever his name was, he's going to have one hell of a time spinning this PR disaster into something that benefits his team.
5: We h- humiliated them. They made asses of themselves by cheating their way in, even though they were bruisers, and then managed to fail in their most basic <laughs> mission. Then, they almost immediately got crushed under dragon that we were already handily beating. And then they further tried to double down and tried to keep fighting us and keep saying that they were going to try and steal our victory, and then we beat them anyway. Hmm.
4: Also, they're probably all dead. <laughs> I don't know if they have enough money uh, to resurrect everyone. I don't um, know. The one,
5: the only one who was still operating was the uh, little one with the armor and the shield. They were probably fine.
4: Was his name Brad? It might
7: have been. Is this his name? I don't know. Brad? Yes. Brad? It's a very common name. Ugh.
3: Okay. I'm sure word would have reached me if Daxton and his team had been deceased from the events therein. But, uh... We'll get a news update soon, I'm sure. Uh, While you were away, you did have a package arrive for you. And Harithax, we've made a lot of progress on the greenhouse attached to the back of the building. Oh, excellent. We've had some very fine soils imported from both Danmere and Alcara, so we can cultivate a wide variety of different plants. And several of the seeds you left behind have already been put to work. The seeds that you've previously germinated have been added to the greenhouse, and they're coming along very nicely. One of them in particular grew startlingly fast. And this rather large box came from dornheim without an address on it if there is a teenager in this box i'm going to be very upset
4: it's from dornheim it's could be for me, me. Be in the
7: box it might was... be
3: for you um there's a note attached but i haven't opened it yet
5: i was thinking of the little wizard boy
7: who was oh, oh my god it's been so long i forgot
3: is there something living in these books i'm not sure uh are maybe? there it's big enough are there air holes in the box there are
6: okay i heard will go well, there's air holes in it, there might
3: be. Oh no. Maven takes the note off the top and says it just says all I wanted was some privacy, they're your problem now. They? these is... And as you crack it open, it's just full of like dirt and mulch, and the smell of like mold just fills the air. And a couple of little tiny faces kind of rustle the dirt aside and poke out, and you see these little tiny mushroom men.
8: <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's... <laughs> Um, oh!
3: <clears throat> and this little voice
1: says, "It's been dark for so long. Where are we?" <laughs> it's... Oh, it's you, the outsiders. You're so big. Uh, we're very big though. We're small again. <laughs> oh, oh! Turns out whatever happened just happened.
4: Oh. Can they live in the garden? Please, yes.
5: our little. this okay.
6: Um, hang on. I have to think about it. Let me check the plant that's growing really fast. I'm not sure if they planted one of the stranglers. I need to check on this right away. (laughs) (laughs) Not all the plants from Selvarax are terribly safe.
3: Um, And you are led to the new greenhouse, which is adjacent to the war room. And it's beautiful. There's a lot of sunlight coming in. Lots of big ferns have been added. One half is clearly like a dry sand. The other one is a rich Danmurian soil. And there in the middle where this sort of uh, tropical flowers are growing, there's one little plot that has a a very brightly stemmed, almost like a blue instead of a green. It almost looks like it's made out of gemstone. Uh, It looks like a flower with a closed bud. And you have seen pictures of such a thing in your childhood, studying with your parents. Um, And you know this is the kind of flower that opens at night when there is moonlight hitting it. And it can have some very strange mystical powers. It's used as a divination tool, a commune of kinds to the spirit world. That's pretty cool. And you know that if you approach it while the moon is out, you might be able to gain insight into perhaps uh, the realm beyond.
6: Mm, okay. So no dangerous plants that they planted in my absence.
3: Doesn't look like it. You think you could probably turn some into a poison or a, a dangerous weapon of some kind, but not living Venus fly traps or right. things like that.
5: I'm very excited. I'll call
6: back over my shoulder. Nope, it's okay. They didn't plant anything stupid. And these little
3: tiny mushrooms are like getting out of the dirt and like stretching their little stubby arms. <laughs> like, what kind of a
1: place is this? It is very difficult to explain. Well, that's okay. I don't care that much. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm very excited to have you here.
1: I'm excited to still be able to think thoughts kind of a bummer to be in a box for so long but it was nice and dark how big
5: are they
3: they're maybe like uh the size of a large shiitake at this point like you could hold yeah. one in the palm of your hand
5: like an oyster mushroom or something yeah yeah. yeah
3: yeah I cannot think of what we should do with them i mean i guess
7: should we be worried that they came back alive do you still like being eaten what
1: i have no opinion on it one way or the other you would stop thinking true but then how would i know i wasn't thinking anymore are you capable of breathing Oh, yes, we've done quite a bit of that while in this box.
5: I mean, if they're particularly flavorful and they don't mind dying, then I suppose we could let uh, uh, Jean-Pierre decide what he wants to do. And there goes being a vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Now (laughs) I don't eat anything that casts a shadow. (laughs) (laughs) Did
1: I hear something about a garden?
5: We do have garden. It's not very dark, though. But since they are alive, they can cleverly decide what things they are going to mulch and consume, and probably make decisions about how they're going to fertilize. Mushrooms are one of the most powerful fertilizers in, uh, in nature. All right. As they break down components, they, it turns into other things.
1: We would do very well in a garden. And now that we can move and think, we could take care of it for you.
5: We could put all of our compost there.
6: No more food waste. Hmm. Tell, tell me, little one, what was your name again? My name is Lord Enoki. Lord Enoki. Lord Enoki. I'll tell you what, I'll put you in my garden, and if you kill my plants, I will end you.
1: That seems fair. <laughs> Good. What if we uh, consume the ones that are dying?
6: That seems fair. Well,
1: this is a great deal on both ends, isn't it?
6: <laughs> I hold out, um, not my tendril hand. I'll hold out my other hand <laughs> and just, yeah, just a little claw to, to Lord Enoki. He just puts his hand on it. I, I shake it in a Ooh. tiny,
5: yeah. <laughs> You are safe as long as you are in these buildings. If you begin to spread outside of here, we cannot guarantee your safety.
3: Okay, sounds good. All right, and uh, Maven has a couple of the bar staff take their box into the back and they will acclimate themselves into your mystical garden. Nighttime comes and the lounge of ultimate questing closes down and you all return upstairs to your beds and get a little more rest that evening. Harithax, you're kept awake as the light from a very bright moon out the window seems to be illuminating the entire building much more than usual. You can't stop thinking about this flower.
6: I wait, and then I'll, I'll quietly move downstairs and enter the greenhouse.
3: Okay. Uh, as you do, you see dozens of little shroombara moving about and kind of milling the soil and padding things down around new flowers. And some of them are just like munching on dead leaves. It's adorable. And as the moonlight comes down through the sunroof of this greenhouse, you see the budding flower start to unfold into these like glistening glass transparent petals and a little twinkling light starts to drift out of it like pollen and you hear a very gentle voice say Dracar. herthax is a little
6: bit suspicious did the these glass petals that you're mm-hmm. describing do they look like leeches glass at all or
3: no they look like they're folded up There's there's a lot of them like a like a rose or a tulip would have
6: okay i'll move up to the flower then and look into it
3: okay and as you look into it uh, you, a couple times in your magical history, have studied things like crystal balls or created pools of divination, things for your heart And every facet of this transparent flower seems to tell you that it could be used as a conduit for this kind of magic, things like enhancing your auguries or divinations of some kind.
6: Would it use the flower up or would it be able to repeatedly do this?
3: You think as long as it keeps growing healthy, it could be utilized in such ways. All and right. As you get close to it, these little voices just start to like whisper into your head is far from home where
6: have we gone they said Drakar, right i want to ask the flower what the white light that consumed silver X was
9: it has no name but i do your people have called me the eerie lunar rose i am here for you Drakar. even though we're far from home we will plant our
3: roots and grow And with that, there's a knock on the door at the Lounge of Ultimate questing that you can even hear from in the back room. Some of you upstairs that are light of sleep hear this as well. What is that? Christus runs down. Sure. You scamper down the stairs. And as you open it, you see two figures standing in the moonlight outside of the door. One of them is very short and wearing a hood pulled up over their head with a kind of cloth turban wrapped around their head, concealing their identity. And the other one is very tall with a huge set of feathery wings growing out of its back and a very brightly colored bird's head with large, round, like, orange cheeks and a very wide, red beak. And though the colors of its beak and feathers seem very bright, it has a very grim glower as its arms are folded as this Aarakocra stares you down with a mean look. And the child says, I made it. I'm here. This is where they sent me. Hi, Christ. Hi. And you see Zan Cam pulling their hood back slightly to reveal the bottom half of their face. Zancam, let's get you some food. I hope it's okay that my friend is here. This is my, my guardian, my protector. Uh,
7: uh, Arty Puli, uh, ensure that they're all okay. I'll begin examining them. Sure.
3: Pull um, them in first, obviously. If you get close, this big Cokra steps up and puts this like bird talon over Zancam's chest and says, I need to tell you something. The reason it's true that I'm wanted in Alkara, They'll take my head if I ever return. But my friend here, Jen Finch, she's protected me since I was a child. M- my father is Krea al And, Chris, you know that is the leader of the House of the Basilisk. That is the top-ranking mage in all of al Oh, my stars. There's something else, too. Um, when the ritual stopped, the eye, it, it didn't come through the portal, but, he says, pulling his turban off, an eye was opened. And there, on the child's forehead you see peeling slowly open a glistening, prismatic eye.
1: Well, folks, we've seen a lot of wild plays out of teams today, but it's time for us to call it a day here in the Mega Booth.
2: I'm ticked as a terrier we didn't get to see the end of that rap battle between the Nine-Point start and those Infernal Bards before all those damned acid bombs went off. Wasn't even fancy alchemical acid. Just good old stomach juice. That whole building must have smelled like feta and old hospital sheets.
1: And the Ivory Lions score points for the Danmerians for their local charity quest, helping get things down south all sorted out with that mind-controlling fungus.
2: It's just wild how many of the gods' creations are designed to climb into your head and wear your whole body like a pair of sweatpants. Sometimes I walk down the street and see someone and my stomach just tells me, Yep, that's a hollowed-out meat puppet. That or an art major. But I don't want to put anybody in a box. As long as they ain't trying to nibble my nuggets, it's no business of mine.
1: Well, you've always had a keen eye for that kind of thing, Storm. Nobody believed you when you said live on the air that the team ranger for the Sacred Eternal was acting funny, but a week later... Pop! In elective hour.
2: Nobody sleeps on their back staring down the void all night without moving a muscle. Six seconds into Snooze Town and I'm doing the sheet shuffle like I'm dreaming of a Thrash Cash concert. Any closing messages before we say goodnight, Storm? Uh, keep your sword sheath until the last second. Be nice to kids and old ladies. Don't drink whiskey with a straw and, uh... Yeah, don't wear boots to bed. Unless you prepped a healing spell for whatever poor bedtime buddy drew the short straw. Done, you kept him like a whirligig.
1: Top-notch advice, four out of four. And with those wise words, I say to you farewell, adventure fans. Join us next time for more edge-of-your-seat heart-pumping fun and words to live by right here on the League of Ultimate Questing.
9: Fucking fuck! Oh shit! Oh, oh my god!
7: <laughs> oh man! I didn't. I did not see that coming.
9: That's no. so no. good.
3: I Shut like the idea of a songbird a coker though.
5: I love it. The name. Both names are really well used there. I'm very happy about it. Shout out to eerie Yeah, mm-hmm. and and Jen Finch. And Jen Finch. I was like
3: eerie Lunar Rose. That'd be a great sentient item.
6: Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. I love it. Erie was in my Destiny
3: Two clan. Cool. Oh, that's nice. where I know them from. That's a game. And how they found out about podcast. I've read about it on the interwebs. I've played it. Oh, it's a uh, it's time for this thing, and it's my turn. It's time for the yeah. goodbyes. It's uh, time for bye byes. Bye-bye's. Uh thank you all for joining us for this episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. We'll go around the table and introduce all of the players, starting with
4: Sam playing Arvid Ulfmund, level five barbarian, level two druid. And I uh I love y'all. <laughs>
6: My name is Michael. I play Haruthax, the level seven dragonborn warlock horticulturist.
7: <laughs> uh, my name is Alante, and I play Chris as the level six crystalline sorcerer and level one bard. And I also love you all.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Zach Marcus. I play Artyom Volkov, the cleric of sunlight and suffering, level seven. Um, I am also the technical director for Zapdash Studios, sometimes editor. And I want to thank Tori Christensen for her
3: fantastic editing. Notorious. My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master for the League of Ultimate Questing and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. And if you liked this episode or ones that came before it, we just had our anniversary episode a few ago. That's a great jumping in point if you want to introduce the show to friends. Uh, There's a lot of fun action commercials in that one. But at any point you want to throw them in, we would love some extra word of mouth. We want to get out there and grow so we can keep making these great episodes for you and exploring all kinds of new avenues. Uh, episodes come out every single Monday. They're usually up by noon, wherever podcasts are available. If you follow us on social media, you can get all of those links by visiting the LUQ.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There's bonus content on Fridays, and there's lots of memes. If you join our Patreon, you get access to a bunch of PDFs of magic items, maps you can print and use at home, character sheets as they level up. And of course, you get access to the Discord, where we post bloopers, and a lot of those memes get recycled there, and you get to have conversations with both the fans and the actors and to just have a damn good time mm-hmm. just a damn fucking shit ass good time
7: <laughs> <laughs> language
4: my sirs
3: um, but you are all the best we thank you for being fans all along and uh, we are fans of you as well we want to keep growing and questing together but until next time we wish you luck <laughs>